This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Live from the Fireside app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's cousin Diana, and how's your holiday shopping going? I'm still trying to find something for Joe's mom. Everyone else is easy. I got Joe a locket with a picture of himself in it. OG got that tutu he's been wanting, and Doug's favorite back hair shaver finally went on sale after he clogged the last one. I'm thinking I'll get Joe's mom chicken pot pie, her three favorite things. Today, helping us on our headline segment, we welcome from the Earn and Invest podcast, Doc G. And from Afford Anything, we'll have Mrs. Kloss's niece, Paula Pan. And to bring in his unique blend of holiday cheer, the shortest of Santa's elves, OG. But that's not all. They'll all be competing in one of the last sessions of our year-long trivia contest. And now, a guy who's earned as much coal as he has returns, Joe Salcihai. <laughs> I don't know what I do with that, Diana. What do I do with that? Where do I go from there? You could start talking. Hey, everybody, welcome to another Friday on the Stacky Benjamin Show. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Show Money on Twitter. I uh, have a mirror right here, apparently looking at myself all the time. Diana, how are you? I am obnoxiously good. You are obnoxiously good it's because just, you have kittens. I have like Christmas miracle kittens, Joe. <laughs> I think we're going to save uh, what happened there for later in the show, if you don't yes, mind. But uh, absolutely, yes, Diana's become the cat lady and the guy who is as fierce as a cat on this show. My co-host, Mr. OG is here. What's shaking bacon? Are you uh, Santa's shortest elf? I don't, I don't even get that dig, but okay, whatever. <laughs> How are you, man? Doing good for a Friday, ready for the weekend? I'm ready to be done working for the year. So, come on, what do you say? is this included? We're about to have a good time. Uh, no, I mean, I'm like just generally ready to be. I may have started the, the Christmas <laughs> drinking, maybe. Oh boy, oh right boy, at the beginning of this. So, and a guy who hopefully hasn't uh, gone there yet, Mr. Doc G joins us. I haven't, but I was uh, a little jealous during the intro of Doug's back shaver. Those things really do get clogged up easily. So <laughs> that's, that's not, not good. You got to go for the expensive back shaver. Yeah. Sometimes it's worth putting the money in Joe. Sometimes it is. <laughs> so for people who don't know that uh, you operate our sister podcast, tell us what happens over there on earn and invest. 
So Earn and Invest, we do two different types of episodes. On Monday, we do panels. On Thursday, we do individual episodes. And these are next level financial conversations, not how you reach financial independence or do a Roth IRA or how you fill up your 401k, but more about what happens next. How do you feel about it? What do you do with your life? You have uh, uh, some really great deep conversations. People get the 101 here. They get the 201 on our on our uh, newsletter, and then they get the 301, 401 over on, on Earn and Invest because you you go deep on a lot of conversations. And a woman who also likes to go deep on conversations, and she is apparently uh, uh, Santa's niece. It is Paula Pant from Afford Anything. I had no idea that I was Santa Claus's niece. How you haven't done your, that? we did your ancestry.com and it turned out, who knew? Wow. Yes. Have you actually done your ancestry.com thing? Uh, yes. Uh, they're a former podcast sponsor of the Afford Anything podcast. So they uh, had me take the ancestry uh, test and wouldn't you know it? Turns out I'm South Asian. Um, <laughs> right? Like being born in Kathmandu wasn't enough of a hint. You would have never known. <laughs> Had you not done that? That's funny because uh, I found out that I am a, a Western European. I'm basically white. And then the other areas that influence me are also apparently very white. So, ah, you yes. know, I, I did learn a little bit about the history of migration that led to what is modern day Nepal. So I, I learned that my bloodline traces to what is now modern day uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, India, Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh. So, oh, all some of my yeah. favorite foods. Yeah. You have good taste. <laughs> and I'm so hungry. But we've got fun today. We've got Paula here. We got OG. We got Diana with her cats. We've got Doc G. We're going to talk about playing the financial long game. And we have a piece called The Long Game Always Wins. But does it always win? We're going to debate that. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, let's get this party underway, shall we? Today's piece comes to us from a blog called Financial Panther. And uh, Diana, you know this blog, correct? Absolutely. Uh, this is Kevin Ha, and he was selected to be a speaker at Economy, but unfortunately couldn't make it because he got COVID right before the show. Oh, that's so, horrible. Hopefully his, he's okay, though. He is totally okay. His speech was amazing, so we'll be able to see it in the future. 
the uh, the the piece that we're referencing here is called "The Long Game Always Wins." And uh, he starts off by saying there's an interesting truth that I think applies to everyone. If you give yourself enough time, you can achieve almost anything. That sounds a lot like you can afford almost everything. So, Paul, I'm going to start with you. Do, do you do, do you believe that first sentence? An interesting truth applies to everyone. If you give yourself enough time, you could achieve almost anything. Yes, I do. Um, but the the caveat with it is that given enough time, you can achieve almost anything, but not everything. So you can't simultaneously, for example, uh, play piano at Carnegie Hall and be an Olympic tennis player and um, add and write a Broadway show. You know, like there does need to be some degree of focus. But with a certain amount of focus, given enough time, you can achieve most reasonable goals. So certain goals you're aged out of, but um, anything that isn't age dependent, I think you could do. Are you saying I'll never be an Olympic gymnast? Is that what you're saying? I've aged out? Probably, probably. But I, uh, you know, prove me wrong, Joe. Hashtag spoiler. (laughs) Right. Uh, Doc G, do you agree? You know, I think there are a few caveats. One is you obviously have to really care about it, right? So it's really hard to do something difficult that you don't feel deep down inside you want to do. And the other is I think there is um, a little bit of a genetic component, right? There are some people who just will never be pro basketball players. I would have never been a pro basketball player, probably no matter how hard I tried even if I started when I was a little kid, I just don't know if I have the genetics. No, let's just, let's, you know what you do though? You don't admit that to anybody, doc. You use Paula's lingo. You've aged out. You could have been done it. You've aged out. <laughs> I think I aged out at about the age of 10. But I, know. <laughs> I know mine was closer to seven, but yeah. yeah. Oh, gee, there's an issue here though, that I think, and as the financial planner here in the bunch that I, that I worry about, I feel like people think when it comes to their investment game that they have forever, that they can invest forever. And yet you see people all the time that have money in the wrong place because they're playing this quote long game when it really is shorter than they think. Yeah. See, I I actually don't think that at all. I think that most people have the uh, perception that time is running out faster than it really is. You know, we look at, we look at like periods of time and, and you know, we're at the end of the year, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe another year has gone by. Like how many times have you heard that? Like, oh, could you believe that it's been another year? And so like these these little bits of time go by very quickly, but long bits of time uh, uh, don't. And I also think that if you look in the big expanse of your life, as, as an example, as it relates to money, a lot of people get really stressed out in their early 40s about money, sometimes in your 30s about money, and sometimes in their early 50s about money. And you have so much time still to to get it right that... It's an unnecessary stress. Now, sometimes you need that stress in order to like provide action. You know, like I'm far behind, so therefore I'm going to like you know buckle down now, which is fine. But um, but I also I also see a lot of people that almost throw their hands up and say, "Eh, I can't do it now, so why even bother?" And um, I don't think that's a great attitude. Paula, to OG's point, there's a there's a line Kevin has later on in this piece where he says, you might be surprised to discover that you only have to save about $30 per day to become a millionaire in 30 years. $30 per day isn't that much money. It's $10,950 per year. It's not chump change by any means, but it's money that most people can save if they try. Do you think that we forget this, that these, quote, little $30 moves are, are the key to our success? Yes and no. I mean, on one hand, uh, 
for some people, ten thousand a year is is a lot of money. I mean, we're talking almost a thousand dollars a month. So. That's funny because I was thinking the same thing. I do remember times in my life when thirty dollars per day, I would have been very hard pressed to make that happen. Exactly, exactly, and and that's the problem with. Um, framing money in the context of per day. I mean, most people don't get paid per day. So if you're really going to have an honest conversation about money, I think framing it based on per two-week period to, to reflect a, a bi-weekly paycheck is probably a more honest way of framing that amount in the context of your overall paycheck. I think we still think about that. You know, that's then is what, $420 every two weeks? I still right. think, man, that, that sounds like a big fat number. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What, what what you had an original question though that I have not answered. What was that? No, I think that was it, which is do we forget that it's these little drips that really matter? I think a lot of us think and this is why, you know, some of the uh, uh pieces that we talked about here recently, Paula, talk about crypto, right? About how crypto is so hot with a lot of people not because they believe in the technology, but because they've had stagnant wages for a long time and they think they can hit the lottery. Right, exactly. And and that that lottery temptation is tempting. That's a redundant statement. But, uh, you know, there are always people who want quick results. And, you know, regardless of whether the topic is investing or weight loss or muscle growth, whatever the topic is, there are always going to be the people who want overnight success. And some people get lucky and, um, benefit from survivorship bias. And the rest of us look at those examples and think, well, if, if they did it, then I can do it too. But we don't recognize that what we're looking at is survivorship bias. But I think the more predictable way to achieve any goal is that slow and steady route. Like there's that expression, consistency over intensity. Doc, when it comes to the long game, well, actually, you know what? I want to ask Diana about this one because he pivots into this uh, idea of success, Diana. And he says the long game wins when it comes to success. I know that a lot of people attended your economy conference a few weeks ago. You blew up social media. People had a fantastic time. But this this really wasn't the overnight success. I think a lot of people think it was. Oh, no. I mean, I've been working on this since the summer of 2018. I'm only on my second event because it's so labor in- intensive and it takes a very long time to plan. But I won't be profitable until my next event, which is in the spring of 2023. So that means that I will have worked on this business for five years before ever making any money off of it. That's a long time. That's a big moat to swim. Yeah. Well, I think it requires a couple of things. I really believe in the mission. I really believe in what I'm building. And so if I didn't have such an emotional connection to the business in the first year when I was taking a 40 grand loss on this business, I probably would have said, okay, well, ticket sales don't justify you know, it doesn't cover the the cost of the event. There's not enough demand for this. So it's a failed experiment and I need to shut it down. I think I was just too emotionally attached to it to let it go. And the way I justified it in my mind was to say, if I were to have a child, it would cost me a hell of a lot more than 40 <laughs> grand over 18 years. Right. And so this to me was like, this is my baby. And so even if I took a 40 grand loss and I never made it back and like the economy conference just blew up, at least I was able to create something I'm really proud of. And that was worth a 40 grand loss to me. 
I remember that, OG, when you and I were both swimming the moat as young financial planners, right? There's this period of time. Diana talks about five years. Kevin in this piece says five years. He says, spending over five years doing anything is as close to a guaranteed recipe for success as you can get in our world. Would you agree with that? I thought you were going to say the podcast. Well, the the podcast uh, is very much the same. I mean, how many years did we go before the podcast really took off? Someday, someday still. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I mean, before, before we had any sort of, any sort of revenue whatsoever, obviously we, you know, uh, laugh all the time about how we don't make any money. We don't make any profit, (laughs) which is true. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a labor of love for a really, really, really long time. And the same thing is true with, I think any entrepreneur business, you know, you have to be willing to kind of get through all of that, uh, uncomfortableness because it does take a long time to be successful in anything, whether it's business ownership or podcasting or financial planning or conference building or doctoring. Is that the official terminology? Yes, that's Um, correct. Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, you've got to stumble so many times and the great news about doing it early is that, uh, and just sticking with it is that nobody really pays attention to it. You know what I mean? Like we're also self-conscious about, especially in the, in in the creating department, you know, or when we create, whether it's shows or, content, you know, blog stuff like, like we're talking about here or, or conferences or whatever, nobody really pays attention to all the early stuff because nobody knows it exists. So we should, we should try to fail often and and quickly so we can be successful maybe sooner than that five-year period. Dr. G, along with that, uh, Kevin writes, I think you need two things you want long game to work for you in the area. The first is passion. I want to stop with, with that one. We hear this a lot. And then you hear the people go, no, passion is baloney. I mean, and, and frankly, I remember one of the, the richest clients that I had made stop signs and he was not that passionate about, wow, that's a great looking stop sign. Uh, but he made lots of money making stop signs. You think passion is overrated or is this true? You know, I think you have to look at two different scenarios. When you're talking about the incrementalism of like putting the $30 a day away, you know, I think that kind of success doesn't necessarily need passion. It just needs someone who's going to stick to it and can kind of see some improvement as time goes by. But the truth of the matter is a lot of success is not that incremental. In fact, it's more in fits and starts where maybe you have very little success until you hit a certain inflection point and then you go gangbusters. Hopefully that's exactly what we're going to see with Diana and economy is she'll hit that inflection point and all of a sudden it's like the most popular thing ever. I think for those type of things, you need passion. And so when you, if you want to be a startup entrepreneur, I think it takes enough hard work and you don't see that incremental growth always in the beginning. If you don't have the passion, you're going to be in trouble. On the other hand, if your goal is to become financially independent by having $5 million in the bank and you go to your job every day and put a certain amount of money away each and every day and invest it dutifully, I think you can do that without much passion. Well, and, and I think as I hear you talk, I think about other, you know, uh, other ways people can have passion about that. I was thinking that maybe I don't have passion about stop signs to think about this guy, but maybe I have a uh, passion about running a great business or keeping my overhead low or, you know, uh, some of the other pieces of my business or being great to my workers. Maybe I have passion around those things. Yeah. I mean, it gets back to that thing that we always like talking about, right? Mindset. Um, 
I think we find ourselves in certain life circumstances. And then the question is, how are you going to view those life circumstances? What stories are you going to tell yourself about your life? So again, if you are a guy who's making stop signs, you may not love stop signs, but what kind of story are you going to tell yourself about what that's doing for you and what role that plays in your life? And so, yeah, I think a lot of that gets just back to mindset. As often as we say this, mindset means a lot. The, the second piece of this, Paula, that he says is resources. Uh, and I know that a lack of resources has stopped so many people from achieving their dreams. But is there a way around that? Is there a way for us to muster up resources if we don't have any? Well, I think that a person needs minimum viable resources in order to be able to to go out and do something, right? If you are, if you think about the Maslow pyramid, the Maslow hierarchy of needs, if you are stressed out about your basic needs, food, shelter, clothing, um, safety, then really nothing else matters. Nothing else can take priority until your basic needs are secure. I think the key is to recognize when you've hit that security and not endlessly inflate just, you know, recognize like, hey, this is the threshold that I need to hit that bare minimum. And now that I've got that, I can divert these resources into doing this thing that I'm passionate about. OG, I want to end on this last idea, which is he talks about compounding and the effects of compounding. He says that people think that compounding applies to only math and numbers, but applies to everything that we do in our lives. Every decision we make, every action we take, all of it ripples down. Uh, most people want to be great at something immediately, and, and yet they don't give themselves enough of a chance. How often do you think that we quit too soon before we let compounding and the long game play its part? Probably almost with everything, right? I mean, how many times do we look, just look at money? Just use money as an example. How many times do we look at our investment portfolios? How many times do we look at Hey, what, what happened over the last quarter? What happened over the last year? What happened over the last two years or three years? Right? Like, like that seems to be the time frame. No, that's not even the time frame. Two or three years. I'm, I'm giving too, too much grace. The time frame is what happened over the last week. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the patience that we have. Our attention span is too, is, 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 too quick on that little, that little, uh, I should probably do something different. Oh no, the market's down 5% in the last two weeks. I should probably do something different versus investing your money. Like Doc said, so eloquently dutifully over a long period of time and, and just doing it and letting, letting it happen over a real long period, like a quarter century, you know, 30 years ago, what was the S and P at? You know, 30 years ago, you could have, you could have been just starting your career at 30 years old and today be 60 years old. You know, the stock market's up 11 times. What did you have to do to get that 11 X return over the last 30 years? You had to have done nothing other than be patient, put your money in and don't touch it. Now, obviously you put some money in yesterday and it went down or it went up. But so I think that, you know, we think about, we think about timeframes incorrectly. And this is probably is the biggest, the biggest uh, lesson out of this, uh, this piece here is that we have longer than we think. And if we, you know, think really long-term, not long-term, like what's next Tuesday going to bring, 
but uh, but what can we do over the next quarter century? What what are they? What's the what's the phrase? You know, you overestimate what you can do in a year, but underestimate what you can do in ten. Gosh, just look back over the last decade of your life individually and see. Like, could you have imagined where you'd be right now? Yeah. I mean, no, no chance, no chance. Ten years ago, like if if I would draw up your life <laughs> right now, anybody that's participating in this, would you think that you would be where you are right now? You know, it's so much exponentially better, you know? So, yeah. And I think there was a thing I saw. I'll just uh, add this little piece here real quick. There was a thing I saw on Twitter and I retweeted it from the wait, but why guy, if you know him, Tim, I think his name is, but anyways, he had an article or like a picture of a radio shack ad. If you remember those and it had like, you know, a CD player for whatever they were charging, 1999, I don't even know, computer, like all this stuff. There's a whole whole advertisement, the whole front page. And he said, everything in that front page now is on your phone. <laughs> That's amazing. From from what year? From 1991. From 1991, yeah. 30 years ago. It's all and so you, you know, what, what are we going to be doing in 30 years from now? You know, and how do you have to invest? How do you have to structure your life in order to profit over the next 30 years? Just be in it. Don't worry about the day-to-day stuff. And I think we'll end the first half. I could go on for a long time. No, I think we'll end the first half right there. All right. It's time for us to move into our big, big, exciting trivia challenge. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, we have a trivia challenge that we do on this podcast. And it's been going all year long. The cool thing is Karen, our producer, found, and you'll be excited to hear this, OG Impala, found the most badass plasticky trophy it is amazing. It says you're the best in big black letters. That Those letters will probably fade in, I'm going to say, roughly 15 minutes. We're going to make it a traveling trophy. Fantastic. So, yes. We Amp got, up the cheese factor. I, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And don't forget the cake. I haven't heard from the guy who said he was going to make a cake uh, and send it to you. But So you're going to get a cake, apparently, from a stacker, and you're going to get our amazing uh, trophy. So here is the score, people. We have two weeks left in this game. OG pulled ahead again by getting it right on the nose with six. He is 16 now. Mr. Len Penzo, who, Doc, you're playing on behalf of this week. You're going to help him get back in the game, right? Uh, or not. <laughs> you've got a, who, who do I get to ruin it for this, this I week? I swear to God, you've got the worst track record. Like Chelsea Brennan comes on this show. She now has a track record being ruthless and, and getting the win. And your track record is not so much. Oh, oh yeah, Joe, this is my jam. Yeah, and Paula, Paula, you got to get it this week to stay in the game. Do, 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 do. Oh, my goodness. But the good news is you get to go last. Uh, Doc G, you go in the middle. OG, you're going to be guessing first on this week's trivia question, which is brought to us by that creator of the Economy Conference, my mom's cousin, Diana. Diana, you ready to do this thing? I was born ready, Joe. All right, let's do this. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's cousin, Diana. And even though we're all trying to keep our spending down this year, it feels like prices are through the roof. I couldn't even afford the chicken for Joe's mom, let alone the pot and the pie. Maybe I'll make her a coupon book instead. Or I could clean her Harley, iron her chaps, and capture that raccoon that's been living in the attic since July. My gift budget is almost gone, 
you know, Doug's industrial grade back hair trimmer is not going to be cheap. So with all this inflation, there's bad news for gift receivers. Research shows people plan to spend only about as much on the holidays. So that's including gifts, decorations, and food in 2021 as they did in 2020. So my question is, if I'm the average person and I'm going to spend the same as last year on each person in my life, how much am I going to spend? But Diane, in real life, you're probably going to spend less on people because you're spending your money on kittens. They're all, it's all going to the cats. Everybody else is cut out. That's right. Right. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Spoil you heard it here first. Diana's done, but uh, but hey, she's got a couple adorable kittens. And you sent me pictures earlier today. And what a couple lovable kids right there you've got now. Just pure joy. It's amazing. Well, it's pure joy that we're wrapping up this thing. Hear that transition? Ninja right here. OG, if Diana's going to, if she's the average person and she's spending the average amount people are going to spend this year on... The holidays. How much is she going to spend? Just, just, just a clarifying question. I, I, what I heard, but what I think the question is, is what's the average spend on the holidays per consumer? Right, not the average gift yes. per person. No. That no, yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. So it, it is gifts, uh, uh, food, the whole decorations. Thing. Like what, am, what am I going to spend as yes. a, as a human being this year? Yes. How much bigger holiday. is your budget? Then well, mine is much yes, bigger, but of course, just about everybody show off. Uh, it's a yes. measuring contest. What a flex um, there. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to say that. So, so what's the average spend holiday? Um, uh, la, 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 la. <sighs> is is the total spend the average person's going to do on holiday stuff. I have absolutely no idea. Yes. Decorations, food. You're like, I can tell. (laughs) It's all right. You got family, friends, coworkers. Yeah. 400 and something. 400 what? I'm trying to keep everybody in the game. 487. 487 is, is your number. All right, Doc G, 487. I'm feeling like that's a little heavy, only because I think if you look out across the country, not everyone has that much money to spend on the holidays. Some people don't care about them. Some people don't have any friends or family. So I'm going to say some are, you know, crazy introverts who are afraid to leave the house. Um, I'm going to say 275. 275. I thought you were going to say, based on past uh, times you've been on, I thought you were going to say 6.2 million. <laughs> that, that, that was my second guess. <laughs> oh, average spending? One million dollars. <laughs> All right, Paula, we've got 487, 275. Your chance to stay in the game. What are you thinking? All right. Well, my answer... I'm not even going to try to take the middle. My answer is going to be either 488 or 274. The only question is, which of those two numbers am I going to guess? That is our question. That's that's what everybody listening is wondering. And now here's the four-minute deliberation. (laughs) Brought to you by (laughs) Calm, the meditation app. We do need Calm as our sponsor for this part. (laughs) Uh, Joe, do you have the, um, is the Magic 8 Ball available? It is. Len's got it. Hmm. All right. 
Oof. Okay. I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to go with 488. 488 for Paula. So where do we sit? Is Paula right? And the answer is higher. Is Doc G going to finally get his first one? Or is OG, get who's got that middle ground, got it? We'll be right back with the answer. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, Here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st, so get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. All right, OG, you opened up at 487. How do you feel about the fact that Paula capped you on the top? Well, obviously not great. I was trying to figure out an, a number that would be just high enough that that she wouldn't want to go over. Because um, obviously the upside is unlimited. So I think I made it too low. Well, you th- so. so you think the answer is higher? 
I do. Yeah, I think Paula's got this one. Yeah, Doc G. Uh, he's saying he thinks you lost again. That which would well, be- that's okay because usually I'm a factor of ten or twenty off. <laughs> this time I'm going to be pretty damn. This one you're close. only going to be off by three or four x. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you know, I, I love the way OG was saying. Well, I was trying to pick a number in which Paula wouldn't try to cap me. You have to understand. Going through my head, it's I'm trying to pick a number that I won't look like a complete fool. <laughs> Well, well, we didn't we, accomplish the mission. I was going to say, we haven't given the answer yet because we don't know. But Paula, Paula thought it was higher. Paula, you feeling pretty good? I mean, I, th- I think so. I, I've got the upside. So, you know, I think I've given myself, given the fact that I have no idea what the answer actually is, I think I've given myself a good range to uh, 488 to infinity is exactly more numbers than 486 <laughs> to 300. So you are correct. All right. Apollo brings this thing home. That means everybody is still in it for next week. Let's see what the answer is. Here comes Diana. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's cousin, Diana, and we're looking at planned holiday expenses. According to Investopedia, the average American plans to shell out $648 on gifts for family, friends, and coworkers, $231 on other holiday goodness, including food and decorations, and $118 on other non-gift items for self or family. I'm not sure what that last category means exactly, but I can only assume it's an emergency therapy session as soon as your father brings up the next election cycle at the festive holiday dinner. That's what I would spend it on. (laughs) That means the total is $998 and Paula is our winner. Wow. All right. I'm in the game. Unbelievable. I'm in the running for that trophy and that cake. I just want to say that I was still closer than I've ever been. Still, yeah. The fact that you were only off by four X was, was much. <laughs> so what's the, what's the, what's the current score? That means that, that OG, no matter what you're in the mix because you well, have, that I know cause I was leading. You have 16, Len has 15 and Paula has 15. So next week, oh. if you want to, if you want to win it, Oh, so I could have won it today. You could have won it today. Oh. Yeah. And it is. It oh. is it's you're gone. welcome. <laughs> well, basically, I can't lose. That's what you're saying. We got to keep the ratings high, though. So, Paula, thanks for helping us keep the ratings high. Because I'm course, sure that this is the, that's the number one people, reason people What I heard back. you just say, by the way, is I can't lose. <laughs> you know, Karen might have to break the trophy in half. <laughs> Thirds, maybe. Well, I guess there's only one. It can yes. only be tied. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Darn it. The I wasn't thinking that there was only two weeks left. Okay. Son of a gun. All right. Karen's Better trophy. In Karen's trophy does say you're the best. And if we break it into thirds, it's like you're you're almost the best. You're partially. You're the. <laughs> yes. One person gets your, one your, gets the, the, one gets best. It, it totally works. I just want the part that says best, right? Time for the second half of our discussion. Second half is brought to you by Magnify Money. You know, uh, when you're thinking long term about your money, that what you have at your brick and mortar bank might not be best in class. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money. 
and you'll find all those savings accounts, checking accounts, CD rates that you've been looking for to get the best in best in class stuff. Stackingbenjamins.com slash magnify money for more. I want to involve our fireside friends hanging out with us here, making this live. If you'd like to be a part of the discussion, uh, feel free to request to jump on stage. Tell us what you think about the long game. But I also want to make this more tactical, guys, in the second half. And so I'd like uh, I'd like to talk about some things where the long game maybe doesn't win. Paula, I'm going to start with you and I'm I'm going to give you one. I'll put this thought in your head. Maybe thinking long-term with your budget doesn't, doesn't win. Mm. Maybe the budget is a more of a tactical thing. Yeah, absolutely. The budget is tactical and the budget is going to change based on um, both internal and external factors. I mean, your income's going to change. Your expenses are going to change. Not, not just based on your uh, desire for your expenses to change, but also because costs, inflation, you know, the, external pressures on your budget change. So your budget is something that is dynamic. It's always in flux, So, which means that you have to think short-term about it because you can't decide, you can't yeah. like forcibly will your budget to be a certain number five years in the future. Right, right. But is there anything else? I gave you that one. So that one was easy. Mm-hmm. Is, is, there, is there another one that you were thinking of where, you know what, the long game is probably not something I can play in this arena? Yeah. Um, so side hustles. Oftentimes when people are side hustling, they're, they're doing some type of gig work. They're doing some kind of short term. It puts extra money in your pocket, diversifies your income stream. But it, as a side hustle, not yet necessarily something that's scalable, uh, something that creates residual income, something that you can build on, something that could even go to full time. So I think that if you just need a quick hit of cash, some sort of side hustle, some type of gig work, that's great for the short term. But if you're thinking long term, if you actually want to build a business, then you need to think more scalably. What's cool about that uh, gig work she's talking about, OG, is, I mean, you can now pick up a job for just a few days, right? You could do a few random things and make enough money to pay off that extra credit card bill. Well, I mean, especially now, the holidays, right? I mean, there's... Be delivering Amazon packages. Well, you could probably do that any time of the year. Sure, <laughs> but, but, but especially, especially now. So, no. Yeah. Especially now. You know, DoorDash, all that sort of fun stuff, sure. Good stuff. What's another area that you think is much more tactical where we maybe got to think short term? I think, you know, anything that has to do with, well, I'm going to answer the long-term one because I got to think about the short-term one. I, I was going to say long-term, anything that has to do with your career progression. You know, you want to be thinking a little bit more strategic and long-term than you know, how do I optimize today type of thing? Um, but I think also, with, are, I think also with your career though, aren't there some short term things you should be doing? Like, I feel like sometimes I see people playing quote the long game, like they don't speak out in meetings cause they're playing the long game. They're not going to, you know, ruffle feathers cause they're playing the long no, game. And I was yet thinking they don't about things like investing in yourself and, you know, uh, career development and stuff. Like, okay. you know, if you're, you're going down a path and you're trying to decide, do I need this certification? It's going to cost some money or some time, you know, sh- should I go back and get a graduate degree? You know, like that sort of stuff you have to kind of think about strategically. And the same thing when it comes to job changes, you know, we talk a lot about how the biggest pay raises happen sometimes when you quit your job and go to a competitor, you know, and, and that's certainly a short-term fix. Like, Oh, cool. I went from 60 grand, 80 grand, just like that. But is that the right thing long-term, you know, you'd be careful with that sort of stuff. So I think career stuff is, is much more of a long-term game. I can't think of anything that's really short term. I don't know. I, I'm such a big believer in, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine, making decisions that allow you to have the most decisions later. 
you know, I never want to go down a path of decision making where I end up with, you know, a binary outcome. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I like having lots of different choices because then it just gives you the flexibility, but that's more of how I'm built and, and, you know, how I've kind of done my entire life. So, you know, chicken or egg, I suppose. So I, I rarely think that something is short term, so short term that it doesn't have long term impacts. You know, sure. Well, and I think, and let's get Doc G in on this, uh, uh, Doc. I think at the very least, insurances like your car insurance, your homeowner's insurance. While you want those for the long term, your decision making. You know, I've talked to insurance agents that say check that every year to see if if you can get a better rate once a year someplace else. And certainly, the amount of life insurance you're going to need is going to change year to year. So, I think insurance is one. Do you got another one that's a short term? So I philosophically have some things that I think are very short term. I think if you're going to come up with a unique idea or a unique business, the clock is running. And to be successful, you have to be the right person at the right time, either saying or creating the right thing. So two examples, you know, if you were the guy who was making the beautiful touch phone internet interface and you were six months after Steve Jobs, you were screwed. I also think, you know, if you have an idea, like I'm going to write a book about how the next viral pandemic is just around the corner, and you're thinking about writing that in 2018, you know, the cat's out of the bag by 2019. So I think there are time limits on certain things. And so sometimes especially if you're interested in a business or a unique idea, sometimes you have to go for it right away as opposed to planning on rolling this out over 10, 20 years. Yeah. Timing does matter. And I feel like you got to be kind of quick. Yeah, for sure. And, and we've seen this over and over again. How many times has someone come up with amazing product or an amazing idea and there was someone else waiting in the wings and they just weren't fast enough. Right. Or how many times have you heard, I've heard this so many times, oh, I was going to write a book that was exactly what this other book just came out with saying, you know, I had this great idea and somebody came out with it just before me. I'm like, well, they got moving on it earlier. Our friend Paulette, who hangs out here a lot, we shouldn't call her uh, a guest on the show because she's hangs out with us all the time. Paulette, you've got... Uh, something for us talking about investing long term in something else. Yes, I am. A, I'm not a guest. I am a. I don't know. An essential part of the team. Absolutely. Just, yes. All I, the above. Uh, I live in the basement with you guys. Um, so I learned this year from one of my writing clients. I think when you're in business, sometimes your clients can become your best mentors if you have great clients. And I saw how one of my clients was really investing in the systems where it was like, it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing. So for me, it was part of it was hiring an assistant. And when I hired my assistant, I didn't need an assistant yet. But in order to get to that level, the level that I think I'm going to be at next year, I needed to be able to pass off a lot of my day-to-day admin to a second person. And so you're kind of in this place between, you know, where you are jumping, you're leaping from one level to the next level. And it could be in your business. It could be in your, in your personal brand or your artistic career. And you, it's like betting on yourself in the future, you know? Is this like, is this like, and, and because a lot of people aren't in a job, Paulette, where they need an assistant, but, but for people that don't, is this the same thing as maybe I live a busy life and I decide to hire a house cleaner because I'm betting on myself that even if I might be struggling today, that that's going to give me enough oomph to make the money to cover it? 
Totally. I mean, my, my client, Kirsten Jordan, who deals with real estate, she, what friend of the show, um, she was talking about getting childcare when your children are very young, which sometimes you feel like the same amount of money you're taking in is the same amount you're, you're paying out for childcare, but it's about investing in like when, once your children go to school, you're going to have this career that you've built up so that, you know, you're not going to be having to start again if you choose to work during those years. So, you know, some things don't make sense in the moment. I'm building a piece of software for writers, like I have only pretty much paid out for it, but I'm like, this is the rest of my career and I'm setting up that foundation. So, you know, it's like when you lay down a foundation of a house, it's not housing you yet. It's not keeping you out of the rain, but it's going to in the future. Yeah. Which I feel like Paula, if you're uh, as on board with what Paulette's saying as I am, that a lot of people miss this foundational discussion. I think they want the success right now. And because of that, I mean, once again, we go back to some of the crypto crazy NFT pixelated picture (laughs) arguments. Well, um, I certainly think that as Paulette said, sometimes you have to, you know, the expression like dress for the dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. Like that's kind of what Paulette was talking about. Like hire, spend, think, act, you know, behave for where you want to be. And that will get you there. That's why I'm in sweatpants. Mm -hmm. Right there. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Actually, you know what's funny is that even though I work in the basement, I never dress in sweatpants because I want to take myself more seriously than that. So it totally is that. Uh, Doc, let's get you into this discussion. What do you think about what Paulette's saying there about kind of, you know, as a mentor of mine once said, pushing the chips forward and saying, you know what, I'm going to play for, I'm going to play bigger. I think you get to a point where what you're doing is not pushing you ahead And so then you do have to somewhat fake it like you make it. Now, granted, we've all been paying attention to the Theranos scandal and what's been happening uh, in the judicial system. So there is a limit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There, there, There is a limit to that. But it is certainly true that, yes, if you want to be a successful person, you have to start acting like a successful person. And we can certainly take lessons from how successful people navigate the world and start making those steps. Oh, gee, you and I have belonged to the same coaching organization, uh, Dan Sullivan Strategic Coach. And they have a great expression, I think, which sometimes applies here too, because Paulette's talking about having an assistant versus what do I do with all this paperwork? They say, ask who, not how. And I found, man, ever since I changed my verbiage, to ask who and not how something works. I get out of the weeds and I instead work with people that can answer those questions. Well, and it's not even like the, you know, if I can do it, right. It's, it's just, how is it going to be done? Yeah. And how do, who, yeah, there's an assumptive, you're right. There's an assumptive there. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to do this? Not, not, can I do it? Can it happen? That sort of thing. I, you know, uh, Paula said this and I agree with this completely. The, the phrase that I was thinking about was uh, act as if, you know, and we talk about that with our kids a whole bunch, you know, like we're, we're going out for dinner or something. It's like, act as if you've done this before, you know, pretend that you're not trying to make us look like bad parents, you know, but, but the same thing is true, you know, with the dress for the job you want, not the one you have or whatever. Um, uh, act as if you are at the level of success that you want. And what would that person do? You know, just using some stuff from strategic coach, like you brought up just a second ago, 
it's a whole different thing to think about your life 10 times different than it is to think about it. It's twice as different. You know, if you think about your income and you say, well, I got $80,000, you know, I make $80,000 a year. Man, it would be great if I made 120. Man, it'd be great if I made 150. Like, does your life materially change? Like, what would you do differently? Yeah, it changes a little bit. But what if you designed a business that produced $800,000 of income? Yeah. Now it's a whole different thing. Big you know, time different like, ballgame. To Paula's point, you know, you're thinking about scale. You're thinking about employees. You're thinking, you know, it's a whole different thought process. Paul. So. Uh, Paulette, uh, uh, when you first hired your assistant, I got to imagine though, that was still nerve wracking, right? I mean, there, you, oh. must, you must have had a ton of consternation about, is this really the right move? Yeah, I think I really did. You know, I, I did know that I, that I needed that because um, I just have that kind of creative brain. And, and one thing that really helped me was with the quantity of work that I was doing, but the quality where I could suddenly be doing the things that I'm good at doing. And so there were so many benefits outside of the financial and it really was a building year. My business is going to take in uh, about a hundred thousand this year. And I only paid myself 40. So it's like, those are not great. Right. So like, I feel like this year was the year that I like set up the stake and next, next year is like the sizzle. It's like the branding and the marketing and the sales. And I think it is going to take off from there, but I had to be willing to like, take less money in the short term in order to think long-term, you know, and there's risk involved as well. So, you know, yeah, it's taking that leap and making that bet on yourself to be able to think bigger because I had to free up. It's the opportunity cost of doing everything that Anita now does for me. That was costing me the, the bigger, you know, envisioning and preparing and strategizing and, you know, and really going for it. How big was that mentorship? Because, you know, Kirsten Jordan, for people that don't know, she is, is on a million dollar listing New York. She's been on our podcast before. Was it having somebody like her who's already using that system that really helped? Because what was it actually that pushed you over the edge and and you said, okay, I'm going to make this bet? I think just seeing, well, so I'm Kirsten's writer and it's so funny, like I get the live show and just seeing how accepting that risk, believing in yourself, doing what you need to do to set up your systems. Um, and so from her hearing about the childcare aspect and, and just seeing like, listen, this is how it goes. You can't stay in your safe space and be a successful entrepreneur and be a successful artist. Like if you're out there in the wild, wild west of these kinds of jobs, like you need to accept the risk that comes along with it and be willing to take those leaps. Like I thought when I decided, okay, I'm going to be a writer. That was, I'm like, okay, I took the leap, but you have to continue to be leaping and to bet on yourself and to think bigger and to throw down, um, to throw down that money. You know, I threw down for a business coach this year, like, it's really investing in yourself. Um, and to go from that, she's very big on that mindset shift from spending to investing. I love this idea of having a growth mentality. And Kevin talks about this quite a bit about the idea of we need to give ourselves a chance. We need to give ourselves more of this long-term picture. And I love Paulette that you brought that up. Thanks a ton. Let's wrap this thing up. If there's a takeaway, long-term thinking Kevin Ha from Financial Panther says it always wins. Paula, we'll have you go first. What's your big takeaway here? I'd say the big takeaway is, you know, as Financial Panther says, think long term. Like Paulette said, take the leap, even if you don't feel ready, perhaps especially if you don't feel ready. Take leaps that will get you to the next stage of that long term plan. Know the difference. Sorry, these are a lot of takeaways. Know the difference yeah. between strategy and tactic. 
and the difference between objective and strategy and tactic and don't conflate one for the other. React a lot short term to be better long term, I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, OG? I was going to say, Paula, Paula took them all. I know. <laughs> like, I, my big takeaway is all of these five things. Um, I think Way to common, go, Paula. Yeah, no, thank you. I know. A, a student teacher's pet. That's uh, right. Sure, Sits sure, in the front sure. row. Probably a C student. You know what they... <laughs> it, as, as, my favorite line when my kids will have a bad grade or something, you know, and they'll say, oh, dad, you know, I got to... I got to, I got to, you know, be on this paper. I got to see on this thing. I'll say, you know what they call doctors who graduate with a C average? Oh boy. Doctor. Doctors. <laughs> yeah. So I don't care what the, is that the last year? What the system tells you. Is that, um, teachers, teachers send your hate mail to OG at stacking yeah. I was just going to add something to what Paula said about, you know, kind of taking the leap. If you talk to anybody who, is going through what Paulette is going through. But was she ready financially or business size or whatever to hire that next person? Eh, maybe not, right? What does everybody say on the back end of that? Yeah, I should have done it earlier. Everybody you talk to in every business says, yeah, I should have hired that first person sooner. I should have hired that second person sooner. Take the leap. I think it's probably the best one that Paula had there. Doc? You've got the last word, my friend. I, I would use the investing metaphor, right? So thinking long-term is your index investing, but don't be afraid to pounce and maybe to do a little crypto or alternatives or something on the side for just a little bit, because maybe you might be the right person at the right time doing the right thing. And so I don't think we should dismiss the possibility that maybe you make a short-term play and it works. All right, that's going to do it for today. we got a bunch of people to thank, but the first th person we have to thank really is the guy who's not here, Kevin Ha, for a fantastic piece. You know, Kevin Ha calls himself Financial Panther, and, well, let's listen in to somebody else who has a Financial Panther. When did this happen? When did we become the bottom rung of society? I think it was when that cold snap killed off all the hobos. Dad, what happened to the back seat? I had to sell it for gas money. Which I spent on a novelty horn. Maybe we should talk to a financial planner. Financial panther, eh? Mr. Simpson, you're a dollar overdrawn. Get him, Sheba! <laughs> I'm on board. Wouldn't it be great to have your own financial panther? Joe, you're assuming we don't have one already. <laughs> wow. How do I turn down that? Uh, YouTube will go to the next uh, thing, by the way. Autoplay. So you know. Yes. Brought to you by YouTube. <laughs> it's so good. I love making this show live. But, oh, gee, how many people are you a financial panther for? Oof. I'm vicious for everyone. It's fantastic. Uh, speaking of, let's stick with you. What do you got going on this weekend, man? Hi. We're getting close to somebody's birthday. Well, it's always my birthday month, so you know, it's still going on. Um, yeah, getting close. Another another couple of days. Uh, you know, it's still football season, so that's kind of fun. Bowl games start this weekend. It, no, man, the Texarkana Bowl was uh, what sure, has already happened. Sure, so sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Paula, what's going on at Afford Anything? How are you celebrating the weekend before OG's birthday? 
<laughs> I'm celebrating by releasing a bunch of episodes with uh, with you, Joe. You and I have we've done some great recordings where we have answered some excellent questions that have come in from the community. I feel like we're getting we're getting a wide variety of questions. This might be like an end of the year thing. So I'm a big fan of of what's coming through. So these episodes that you and I are doing together are some of I think very good ways to round out the year and speak to this huge gamut of financial questions all over the board, mm-hmm. just Absolutely. all, all over the place. It's never a dull moment at exactly. afford anything where finer podcasts are, are distributed. Exactly. Downloaded on your favorite podcast playing app. Yes. And you'll giggle the whole time. Speaking of giggle, people giggle, Doc G, when they listen to Earn and Invest, don't they? Oh, all the time. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's coming up at Earn and Invest? So on Monday, I have Brian Quist and Travis Shakespeare. They're both filmmakers and videographers who have captured the financial independence movement in interesting ways. And we are going to talk about what they learned about personal finance by being behind the camera. And then on Thursday, I am talking to the amazing Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. He put out his 800th episode after He started in 2005 with the School of Podcasting, and we are talking about doing hard things. You might think I'm just talking about podcasting, but things like starting a business or being married or even your path to financial security and stability, they are all doing hard things, and we look at them through the lens of podcasting. Boy, and Dave Jackson in the Hall of Fame for podcasters. I think a lot of people don't know there's a Hall of Fame for podcasters, but a guy that he knows so much about podcasting, just a fantastic guy. Yeah, it was really cool interviewing him, but the whole time I'm thinking, oh my God, I did this in a way Dave Jackson said not to on a School of Podcasting (laughs) episode. So it was like, I told him before we started recording, I said, you know, I really, of course, would love to hear your feedback. Um, just not while we're recording, please. Right. <laughs> just like, I just, I can't take it if it's right in the middle of recording. You think he's judging you the whole time. Yeah. Eh, this could yeah. have been better. Yeah. What yeah. can you do? Yeah. That's at the Earn and Invest podcast, which is also distributed wherever finer podcasts are distributed. All right, Diana, congratulations on a fantastic economy. I I am so sad there won't be an economy in 2022, but that's because of the fact that it takes a long time to set this up. It sure does. Yes, it's a lot of work. And actually, what I'm working on right now is getting all of the videos out for all the speeches. So I just watched Paula's today and gave a bunch of comments to the editor. I'm going through our panel right now. Um, So yeah, those should be out by the end of the year. So that's kind of what's up for me next. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And people can also find you on a podcast all the time. That's right. Optimal Finance Daily, where I'm reading from other personal finance bloggers. Yeah, good stuff. Well, not just reading, you also comment. Yeah, I add a little bit of commentary at the end. It's only like 250 words. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Well, speaking of fun, what should we have learned today, Diana? So what should we have learned today? First, the long game It's better to set your sights long-term, but remember you still have to survive the short game as well. Attention to only short or long-term results nearly always ends poorly. Second, as Paula Pant so rightly stated, with enough time, you can accomplish anything, but not everything. 
So a degree of focus on your most important goals will serve you well in the long run. But the big lesson? You're never too old to resort to the gifts you gave in elementary school, like those coupon books. Plus, no one ever takes you up on them, especially when Doug offers to cook. Coupon books for everyone. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us. You'll find her podcast, Afford Anything, wherever you're listening to us today. Also, thanks to Doc G. Make sure you check out his podcast called Earn and Invest and keep an eye out for his upcoming book titled Taking Stock. And when I'm not stacking Benjamins, I'm narrating articles from the best personal finance blogs on the planet on the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast. Our show is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who coaches writers to power their words, their work, and their earning potential. You can find her at thatwriterpaulette.com. And finally, a big thanks to our production team, Karen Repine, Tina Itchenberg, and Brooke Miller. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. Uh, If you have to write about it, which we've had people that have from time to time had to write about it, you can call it dessert. All right. So there's the after show rules. But you know what? I was thinking about holiday travel. My daughter's coming home from Japan, hopefully, as long as travel restrictions don't get more difficult. And uh, we're going to see her for the first time in two and a half years which is incredible. But I was also reading about travel recently, actually this morning, and they were talking about fishing in Italy and the fact that when you think about Italy, you don't think about fishing, right? Nobody talks about going fishing in Italy, and yet apparently uh, fishing in Italy is fantastic, and they were talking about that. And it made me wonder that while you've been doing whatever you do, panel, if there is something that you do that people don't really think of that place and think of the thing that you did, but you had a really good time doing it. And just to get the creative juices flowing, I'll tell you mine. First time I went to Paris, Paris is still my favorite city. I think Austin's my favorite city in the United States and Paris is my favorite uh, city overall. And I've been several times to Paris. But the first time, I don't remember how we ended up here, but right around the corner from my hotel, there was this Parisian restaurant called uh, TGI Friday. Don't, don't know if you guys have heard of that, but very, very Parisian place. And uh, we walked in to TGI Friday to get that authentic Paris experience. And yet I'll tell you that one of the best times I had in Paris, there was a traveler, a businessman from Mexico sitting next to us and he was hilarious. And our Parisian uh, bartender, there was almost nobody else in there. And we, we must have had two hours of some of the most fun conversations I've ever had. It was such a great time at 
TGI Friday in Paris. So it doesn't make the guidebook, but man, what a great time. But Paula, I think you uh, mentioned earlier when we were talking about this topic that you may have another story of a thing that you did that might not match what uh, the tourists say to go do. Well, actually, so you mentioned Japan, your daughter's in Japan. When I went to Japan, one of the most uh, enjoyable and memorable nights that I had, um, this was my first trip to Japan when I was 18, was going to the McDonald's in Tokyo. <laughs> the McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. A- and it's it was because McDonald's is something that's so familiar. And so when you're in this context of something that's so familiar, but you get to see all of the ways in which it's changed in this new environment, it, you know, there's, there's a window, there's like a cultural window there. A friend of mine who's, uh, scaled most of the, the tall mountains around the world. I I talk about him fairly often. He's my friend, Chris. He's kind of the reason why I, I switched from financial planning, uh, to financial media. Oh, gee, you know, Chris as well. Chris always said, Paula, that if you get a Coca-Cola someplace different, you can easily figure out what the exchange rate is in the country because a Coca-Cola costs pretty much the same around the world. Mm, like a co- the Coca-Cola index. Yes, like it. exactly. Right. He's like, you just want to, you just want to know what, what something costs, get a Coke and you get a, you get an idea. That's what the McDonald's thing, but, but McDonald's is totally different. I mean, what did they serve at McDonald's in Japan? You know, I, again, I, I was 18, so I don't remember. Yes. I just remember it being very, very different. Edamame with cheese. <laughs> Maybe. No. I, I, I wouldn't say no. Yes. No. Doc G, how about you? So it's not usually me, but often it is my son Cameron ends up dragging us somewhere on vacation. We don't expect to be this last time we were in Colorado and we were going by Golden and he's like, oh, there's this knife store there, of these really <laughs> famous store. knives. So he dragged us all to this knife store and it was interesting. And of course, he bought himself a knife. Of course. Uh, but. But so, yeah, it's usually my son who drags us into these interesting things that we weren't expecting to do, because wherever we go, he's found the thing that interests him there that maybe is off the beaten path that he wants to go check out. My parents took us to a knife store in near Amish country, Ohio. And I thought, oh, I don't know that I want to go in this. And these are supposedly really famous knives. And I ended up buying, I think we bought three of them because to your point, they had this whole little um, museum area of things they carved using their knives. And uh, yeah, lifetime warranty. And I was dragged in there and ended up having a blast. I wish I could remember the name of the place, but uh, OG, how about you? Sounds like that warranty is really going to come in handy. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea where I bought these from. Yeah, that's right. Some place in some town. Yeah, I just got to figure out where that is. Well, I'll call my my parents and ask them. Yeah, Yeah. they wouldn't. They don't remember. They're like, oh, that thing off the, that's, that wasn't. We just told you that it was a fancy knife store. Your dad had to take a crap or something instead. <laughs> this is what, what tru- truly happened. I don't know what that has to do with knives, but. I don't either. Yes. I don't, know. I don't do anything fun. Like I've, you know. Yes. Our, been, uh, our producer, Tina, is telling me it's Werther. It was a Werther knives. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't have any cool stories. I don't tend to uh, go off the beaten path ever. Um path is very well worn where I tread. So like off the beaten now. Nope. Not no, going to find I'm you just, at, at the uh, McDonald's in Japan or at the TGI Friday in Paris. You might not ever even find me in Japan. Is <laughs> Japan still on the beaten path? I'm not sure. Not um, Maybe not on yours. That might be a little, uh, uh, just a bit outside for you. Just maybe just a skosh. I, uh, 
Yeah. We tend to, when we go places, do the most routine thing that you can figure out, you know, like, oh, we're at the beach. You know what we should do? Sit on the beach. Sit on the beach. Well, let's pivot to Diana and we'll get out of here. Diana, you got one? Yeah. I think something I've done that's a bit unexpected out of left field. Maybe other people wouldn't do this. I grew up playing music. Um, So I played baritone horn in a concert band pretty much from 12 to 18. I was section leader. Like it was a big part of my life. I also used to sing a lot. And in my adult life, I've gone through periods where I really miss playing music. And so I was in New York City living in Brooklyn and I really wanted to join a community band, but I didn't want to buy a horn And because I obviously couldn't practice it in my apartment and I didn't want to invest in a horn. And like a lot of times the community bands, you have to uh, pay to participate. And I was getting out of debt at that time. So I was looking for a more resourceful way to go about this. And I ended up finding a alumni drum and bugle corps. And it was this group of men that all played together in high school and they were between 60 and 80 years old. I think we actually celebrated one of their 85th birthdays. Oh, this is fabulous. While I was with them. And I played with them from 2014 to 2016. It was at like a Knights of Columbus in Queens. That's so awesome. And one of them used to come and pick me up at my house and drive me all the way to Queens (laughs) because it was like impossible to get there otherwise. And I would spend every Sunday with these guys. And they were just like a group of jolly and sometimes cranky grandpas. And I just love them. I was the only woman and I was the only one under 60 and they were just amazing. So it, my resourcefulness in trying to like scratch this music itch just led me to like an incredible group of people. Well, yeah. N- notably, Diana finds the basement to be a similar group of she's she's feeling very comfortable and at home here. Well, you know, the other Absolutely. thing, you know, the other thing, Doc, that I was thinking that she just got rid of my excuse because I was going to say the reason I don't play is because I aged out of it. But mm. there it's gone. now. No, nope. yeah, <laughs> you could still use excuse. that. We just won't believe you. <laughs> Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.